Um, in some ways, it would have been great to have Steph here for this message because this message was inspired by a conversation that I had with her this week um, when I was thinking about what to prepare, what to plan, what to do for this message. We are having a conversation over over a meal and she said something and she, in fact, she, she shared a thought that was a great thought that perhaps one day she will share in a message or some format. Um, but it got me thinking about a statement or a phrase or a, a, a scripture, a Bible verse that came to me way back in February, early February. We were at church as normal. Um, little did we know things would change quite quickly um, only three or four weeks later. Um, but back in February, I had this thought before our 11 o'clock service, at 10 o'clock we'd have a prayer meeting. And just as I was walking to that prayer meeting, a scripture came to me, a, a, a verse from the Bible that I would not normally think about. And it troubled me. It challenged me. It caused me to think. However, after leaving that, that, that scripture there, because I wasn't leading, I wasn't preaching, I had no opportunity really to share that, I just kept that with me and almost forgot about it until I had a conversation with Steph this week and it came back to memory. It was a statement that Jesus said and it appears in, in each of the, the Gospels, of the four Gospels, um, and, it, and Jesus says this on a number of different occasions. In fact, people did not like it. The religious, the, um, religious leaders did not like what he said and in fact he was even mocked on the cross for saying it. I will share it in just a moment. Um, but we're gonna, I'm going to have a look and read a, ma- a version in Matthew, so an event in Matthew and an event in the Gospel of John in which Jesus says something similar or along the lines of the verse that came to me. The verse that came to me on that day um, was Matthew 24 verses 1 and 2. And it says, As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished not one stone will be left on top of another not your normal encouraging verse before a prayer meeting the thought I had as a response to that was how would I feel if Jesus said that to me how would I feel if Jesus said that to our church how would the church respond how would breathe new life church respond but how would the church respond if Jesus says I'm going to destroy that I'm going to change that. I'm going to do that differently. And then a few weeks later came along coronavirus or more to the point lockdown and the measures in place by the government to stop churches from meeting. And suddenly that thought came back to me. I'm not here to claim that that was any form of punishment by God. We're not going to go into into that. We're not, I'm not here to say that Jesus has destroyed the church because of COVID-19. That is certainly not the case. Um, but there was something maybe deeper in my thinking, something maybe deeper in my spirit that thought, what was Jesus preparing me for in that moment for what was then to come now? And of course, regardless of what you believe theologically, the church as we know it right now, certainly for the last nine weeks, has changed considerably. It's as if it's been knocked down and Jesus is brick by brick rebuilding what we thought our concept of what church is So I'm going to jump into um, John chapter 2 and what I'll do throughout this message is jump between those two similar events, different events but similar in Matthew and in John and we jump into chapter 2 verse 18 to 19 and this is after another quite remarkable event in Jesus' life in which he goes into the temple 
He turns over the tables of the money changers, of those selling um, doves for sacrifices and animals for sacrifices. And he, you know, he, 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 he says, "Why have you turned my house into a den of robbers? It's, it should be a house of worship." And then in verse eighteen, he says this, or it says this. But the Jewish leaders demanded, "What are you doing? If God gave you the, the authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it." All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Many of us who've been a Christian for a long time will know that Jesus sometimes makes things better. He turns ruins into riches. He turns things that were broken and he fixes them and makes them better than they were originally. Many of you, maybe if you're on Facebook or you're in the church on that, maybe you could just put an amen or a thumbs up or an emoji to say, yeah, I, I've had an experience in my life in which something was ruined. It was broken. It was wrecked. It was destroyed in my head or in my heart. But Jesus turned it all around. He turned something bad into something good. If you've had an experience like that with God, you can put a comment in and in the chat and just say, yeah, I agree. Amen. Thumbs up whatever emoji you want to put in there. But God is in the business of bringing good out of adversity. He's in the business of turning um, ashes into beauty, bringing beauty out of ashes, joy out of sorrow. Take, if you go into the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah, they had a great promise over their life that they would be the father, he, or Abraham would be the father of many nations. But he was, and his wife, were, they were barren. They could not have children out of the mess and out of the the ruins of what they thought was their ability to have children came Isaac and came the promise and came the nation of Israel and came the rest of you know the history of a huge part of the history of the Bible that promise was fulfilled but it started with what looked to be impossible take a look at Joseph in the Old Testament he was um, left to die in a pit by his brothers he was put in prison for a, a crime he didn't commit and then God put him in position to be prime minister of Egypt and have great influence. And again, a huge significant turning point in the history of, um, our, you know, of the nation of Israel, which then has later on led to our religion, our faith today. Let's jump back into John 2. Let's carry on where we left off. We're going to pick up in, in verse 20 after Jesus has said, he, you know, if you destroy this temple, I will raise it up in three days. They say this, what? They exclaimed, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. So Jesus, what he was saying in that moment was, was symbolic and represented something far bigger than the bricks and mortar of the temple. It represented his body, which now we know was broken, was destroyed, was beaten, was punished on the cross but rebuilt again and resurrected three days later. Um, and that's what we celebrate at Easter. That is the foundation of us as Christians, of our faith. That is the key truth that we believe, that Jesus died and he rose again. This is no different to what we're talking about today, that um, you know, when we're thinking about church and we're thinking about the temple and we're thinking maybe about our own lives right now in lockdown, we feel as if it's a bit of a rubble, it's a bit of a mess, but don't worry, resurrection, a new life is coming. So out of this lockdown, out of this pandemic, what will the church become? What will your life become? 
who who will you be at the end of this period of time it's quite exciting and liberating to think what kind of temple is Jesus building let's jump back into Matthew 24 verse 3 later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives his disciples came to him privately and said tell us when will all this happen what sign will signal your return and the end of the world another really big question they had questions similarly in in John they had questions about how are you going to do it do it it took us so long to build it how are you going to get us out of this how are you going to change this situation it's a little bit like we as a nation are asking our government when will this lockdown end when will you lift the restrictions or maybe as Christians we're asking God when will this end how will you get us out of this situation as a church I think, and going back to my message today, and going back to these thoughts I had back in February, I think God is turning the question onto you and me. He's turning the question onto us. The question isn't about when is God going to lift the lockdown, but the question for me and the question for today's message is, what are you going to do to lift your own lockdown? Or to put it another way, maybe more simply, what are you going to do to ensure that you come out of this better, bigger, and stronger. So the the title of today's message is lifting your lockdown. How are you going to do it? Now the government, the, the UK government have had some catchphrases, some some slogans that have helped us through this, um, certainly these last nine weeks. And you may remember the, the original which was um, stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. And more recently, and it's come under quite a lot of scrutiny recently they've changed it to stay alert control the virus and save lives so in uh, as a fitting tribute or to 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 be relevant to the times i've got a three part catchphrase or slogan for you to help you remember and to help you to get out of your own lockdown to help you lift your own lockdown it's this remember the past wait patiently and stay alert I'm going to unpack each three nice and quickly. The first one, remember the past. Let's jump into John 2 verse 21. We'll pick it up where we left off. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. We'd read that before. But verse 22 is new. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus said. In the moment, some things don't make sense until later. In lockdown, some things don't make sense, but they will when we look back in the future and we look back on what we went through. Have a think about what your life was like nine, ten weeks ago before lockdown. What do you miss most about your life? What do you miss most about gathering together as church? And maybe the lesson in this is that we need to remember in uh, however long it takes for us to get out of this this pandemic and this situation we must remember to appreciate the things that we like and love the most and the people that we like and love the most the small things in life now that we haven't got them we appreciate them far more maybe the lesson is to appreciate them in the moment because we don't know how long we'll have them for we won't always have the things that we so often take for granted but maybe we could also flip the question the other way and say what was it about your life that you wished you could have changed before lockdown what didn't you like about your life maybe you just you wanted to have a life of more rest you you didn't get enough sleep um, or you didn't get enough time off from work or maybe for some of us 
we sort of we've got what we asked for. Um, maybe we wanted um, we, we we had a decision in our head and our heart. We wanted more time with our children, and maybe due to homeschooling and homeworking, we have got <laughs> our wish. Um, maybe unintentionally and maybe some of us we for a long 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 time we've thought you know what I really want a new job or I really don't want to be in the job that I'm in and maybe for some of us COVID-19 has forced our hand to think about what is it that I really want and what is it that I didn't want before and maybe moving forward I can now go after the things that I really want. Perhaps this um, lockdown situation has brought new opportunities, new ways of thinking um, and new positives out of it. Perhaps the question is, what is God teaching you through this situation? And what is he rebuilding of your life through this situation? So that's the first one um, about remembering the past. The second part of this catchy UK government slogan um, that I've just invented is not the official one, of course. Um, the second point, which is probably useful for all of us, but the second one in my version of this statement is wait patiently. What I mean by that in the context of um, our faith is there are questions that we have. There are questions that we have of the government. There are questions that we have about the sickness and the illness. There are questions that we have about the, what God is doing in our situation. Maybe we just simply need to trust and remind ourselves to trust God, even though some of those questions are unanswered. The key way that we can do that is by constantly praying, not disregarding God, not forgetting God, not being silent and giving God the silent treatment, but constantly praying, talking to God and asking him the questions. And in times when we feel like we're negative or we have lack in our lives or we feel we're having a blue day because those days do come during lockdown, let's give thanks and praise even when you're not sure that this will even work out, even when you're completely unsure about how this is going to pan out. You may remember if you're part of Breathe New Life Church that in um, the end of January, Paul Dukes, our senior pastor, unpacked our vi vision focus for the year. This year was, is, and still is, the year to lift. Um, that is the key phrase for this year, to lift. And there were five sort of key practical outworkings um, in terms of this vision. And I'll read them to you now. Um, we will lift our desire to pray and to worship. I've, I've slightly reworded them to, to cover us all, but there were personal statements that I was going to make about my life, but let's make them our and, and we. We will lift our desire to pray and worship. Number two, we will lift our desire to commit to daily disciplines. We will lift our desire to commitment and to belonging together. We will lift our desire to discover and invest our gifting. Number five, we will lift our desire to reach and impact our community. These things in the waiting, these five things about prayer, worship, daily um, disciplines like reading the Bible and taking some time out and, and meditating and reflecting and, and, be, and, and, and using, making sure that our words are, are, are pure and our thoughts are right and all these sort of things, these daily disciplines and commitment to belonging, commitment to church, commitment to serving and loving one another, all these things are great. What great opportunity we have right now during during this season to really go down deep with those and, and to, to continue to lift these areas in our lives to ensure that we lift our own lockdown and lift ourselves out of this situation. So that's the second one, to wait patiently. Remember the past, wait patiently. And thirdly, 
Um, the government got in a bit of trouble for this um, this this week. Stay alert. Hopefully you won't get in trouble for this because it's an important message. Um, Matthew 24 verse 42. Um, and this comes after these questions about when's this going to happen. Questions about when and how and why. And all these questions that we are asking ourselves and the government are trying to answer. And God is trying to answer in our prayers. Verse 42 says, therefore keep watch or another translation just for this moment stay alert because you do not know what day your lord will come the key message here is get ready stay alert don't miss what god is doing right now don't miss what god is doing in your life and don't miss what god is doing in this church and in the church around the world he's doing something don't miss it stay alert keep watch Keep watch so that you don't actually go back to the old. I know, of course, we, we're constantly thinking, I wish we could go back to, the, to what was. But actually, maybe that's not a good place because what God is taking us on is a journey to get us through to a new place. He is real rebuilding what is what was a ruin. So now it's time to ensure that we don't go back to the ruins, but we, we continue to build on the foundations that he's building in us. Take a look at the Israelites. If you go back to Exodus, the second book in the Bible, if you go all the way back and read all those thousands of years ago, the the Israelites were in slavery. They were beaten and, and whipped and they were given such a harsh treatment for almost, it's difficult to, to know how long, but I think it was roughly a hundred years that they were in slavery in Egypt and then Moses and the, I haven't got time to go into it but they eventually escape Egypt but then they they wander in the wilderness and they start complaining to Moses they start complaining to God and they say I wish we could go back there we wish we we would go back because you know we haven't got enough food we haven't we, we, we haven't got enough confidence here we haven't got enough provision here of course God continually day after day provided for them but they continually craved what they used to have. Same for the disciples who after Jesus died. They, they, these disciples closely followed Jesus. But after he died. After the, the ruins. They went back to what they knew. Fishing. So we've, we've got a natural instinct. To go back to what we know. To go back to what is comfortable. To go back in, in the case of the Israelites. To what actually was harmful to us. So um, let's um, ensure that we don't go back there. Um, because we often go back to what is familiar and we go back into those routines. So at the end of all this, let's pray that we're not the same as we were before lockdown. Let's pray that we're different, that we're better, that we're stronger, that we come out of our lockdown far better than when we came in. So let's use this time to renew our mind. Change our thinking if there's any wrong thinking. And maybe overcome and break some of those bad habits in our lives perhaps we need to be people of less fear and more faith less inactivity and lethargy and more action maybe we need to be people flip it on the other way maybe we need to be less work more rest less negativity more praise and thanksgiving to god in order to lift your lockdown we need to remember the past look at what was good what could change Let's remember the past and look back and review it. Leave the past where it was. Wait patiently in the present. Let's commit to those daily disciplines, to prayer, to thanksgiving, to worship, to the community, to serving one another, to being together. Let's commit to church right now. 
Wait patiently, trust God, even in the difficult times. And of course, that final part of the slogan, stay alert. Let's not go back to where we were. Let's pay attention to what God is doing right now. And let's ensure that we come out the other side far better, far bigger, far stronger than when we came in. Let's ensure, let's stay alert, let's keep watch so that we don't revert back to old habits, that we don't go back to what is familiar, but we come through and we get to a better place where we can say, God has built me up, Jesus has built me, that he has lifted me, he's lifted me out of the pit, the slimy pit, and he's put me on a firm foundation. Let's ensure that we don't stay where the rubble is. But we allow Jesus right now, even now, this is not wasted time. These nine weeks are not wasted. The, however many more weeks are left of this, the, of, of this lockdown and this pandemic, they are not wasted. Stay alert. Keep watch. See what God is doing. Be positive. Look at the opportunities. Look for what Jesus is doing in and through you. And your life will never be the same. You're not going back to where you were. You are going to a better place. You're going and living your new life um, and you're lifting your own lockdown. Let's pray, um, and I really do thank you for listening. Father, we thank you uh, that you love us. We thank you, God, that you are teaching us things, and you are giving us opportunities to learn, um, and you're giving us opportunities to grow. And God, I pray for us as individuals. God, may we all um, choose to look at, to our past, remember our past, remember where we have come from, to wait patiently and trust you in the present, and to stay alert and to keep watch um, for our future and to see and observe all that you're doing in the future. And God, for us as a church, may we do the same. The church, breathe new life, but also, God, the church around the world and around this nation. God, may we, God, never be the same again for the good. May you make good um, and bring good out of all of these difficult situations that we all face collectively. And Father, I pray for anybody who doesn't know you, God, for anybody that has not even began laying the, the foundations or, 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 or began that journey of being a Christian and knowing you, Father, I pray, God, that they would trust you. God, I pray that they would look back to their past and not see their sin, but God, see, God, or acknowledge their sin, but see, God, what you can do with that sin. God, you can take that rubble and make it something beautiful. You can bring beauty out of their ashes. And God, I just pray for anybody who is listening to this right now who doesn't know you. I pray today that they return to you, God, to build them and rebuild them and make them, God, something that they weren't before lockdown. So Jesus, I thank you for today and I thank you for, for, for your word. Amen. So thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to hand over to Dave and we're going to sing a song about the highs and the lows. Even in the high, even in the valleys, God loves you, he's for you, and he's a good, good God.